But 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 think but but think but but think but 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 Good day, I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother Doug. How's it going, eh? Welcome to our movie, eh? Okay, our topic is uh movies. Okay, uh first off, difference between movies and TV, eh? Okay, go to TV. This is the difference between TV and movies, eh? So? Okay, go back to movies. Geez, now that hoser's growling. Take off, will you? We're doing our movie. Don't wreck our show, you hoser. This is Film Sack. Oh, sure. everybody welcome back to film sack this is film sack episode 347 mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind my name be scott johnson and there be brian dog beer is the worst beer done away yar oh hi you hosers Jeez, i just woke up i don't know about an intro just take off you knobs all right you're still here well then let me tell you how to get free film sacks first you bribe scott at the front desk with a couple of jellies yeah he has a whole drawer full. I'm not sure even if he eats them, but he sure has a whole drawer full of jellies. Mm. Weird. Yeah. But that will get you in to see Randy. Now, Randy likes to hand out jobs, especially if you threaten to sue him. Currently, he has half of Canada is at his employ. Mm. Handing out jobs like free beers at Oktoberfest. <laughs> Once you have a job, head down to our top secret lair where we keep Ibit in his haunted DVD disc changer. <laughs> Just grab a DVD. Any of them do, like Strange Brew. Uh, you don't have to worry about Ibit, though. He's usually in the toilet behind the fake wall taking care of Ibit business. <laughs> I think he gets in the Scotch jelly drawer a good bit. Yeah. Uh, where am I during all this? Right here, writing intros and drinking Dad's beer. So sit back and get some corn, eh? It's going to be a doozy. <laughs> drinking the Mel Blanc's beer is what you're saying. Ah, yes. Yeah. That's right. Uh, also with us, Randy. Hey, it's the dad from Wonder Years, Jordan. Aloha, Scott. Brian. Brian. Hi. <clears throat> Poutine, Timbits, Hockey, Molson, Maple Candy, Coffee Crisp, Curling Beavers, Looney Tooney, Milk and Bag, and Ketchup Chips, Harvey's, Cora's, Boston Pizza, New York Fries, and Swiss Chalet, RCMP, Giant Nickel, Biffy's, Two Fours, Sorry, eh? Beauty. <laughs> wow, nice. that's pretty good. Jeez. Nice. That was wow. good. You should be a rapper, man. A rapper man. <laughs> oh, a, not a rapper, but a rapper man. A rapper, rapper man. man. Yeah, uh, working every Christmas at the mall. Exactly. Uh, finally with us, Brian. Hey, you. 650, Ibit. <laughs> oh, good day. I'm Brian McKenzie, and these are my brothers, Randy, Scott, and Brian, eh? Okay, how's it going? Yeah, okay, so today we're going to tell you how to make your own hit movie, eh? And you better do it quick, because you don't want any of those hosers horking your ideas, eh? Okay. <laughs> All right, so first thing you want to do is have an established recurring bit on a late-night comedy variety show. Next thing is that you need to have a good amount of funding and a couple of actors who are on their way up. And then, finally, you know, to have your hit movie, once you've got all that other stuff, you need to not be called any of the following. Undied at the Roxbury, It's Pat, Stuart Saves His Family, <laughs> Blues Brothers 2000, Coneheads, Superstar, Ladies Man, or McGruber. Oh, 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 and you need to steal the list idea from Wayne's World, okay? Party on, hosers. <laughs> nice. 
Nice. You know what? Out of all those you listed, only Coneheads has yeah. held up for me. Coneheads is good. Coneheads <laughs> is no I right. I need to watch it again. I watched it when it first came out. And I was like, okay, batting a thousand. Yeah. Right. Except the Blues Brothers. For, uh, for, me, for me, Coneheads is one of the only ones that holds up. I really like yeah. it. I think it's good. Oh, Blues Brothers is is far and away the the you gotta admit oh, Blues sure, Brothers is sure. the best. Yes. Yeah, but uh, but Wayne's World uh, perfectly holds up if you get yourself into the right frame of mind before you watch it again. Yeah, and and that is you have to remember what it's coming from. Yeah, right. right. And that's the, mm-hmm. that's the same thing for Strange Brew. Only a freaking decade earlier, you you if you get into the right frame of mind, this is a comedy sketch that no one ever really saw, but. A few people remember this. Like they, like there's this. If you get into that, then it's like it, it, you can understand it's a movie. Well, in my See, that's where you and I differ because yeah. I remember watching SCTV <laughs> when when Saturday Night Live wasn't on when you right. know on the night that Saturday Night Live wasn't on, and I remember hoping every single episode that they would have a Bob and Doug sketch. Yeah, absolutely. No, you wanted them every time, and I've listened to the Great White Album about a oh, billion yeah. and a half times growing yes. up like these guys were a huge part of my what i thought was funny culture and when mm-hmm. i was a kid and and teenager i just freaking loved these guys and when they were they announced a um i don't know if it was late 90s or early 2000s but they announced an animated series that's apparently yes. a part of this disc uh the dunaway has or that we all got uh that is also great because once again it's got bob and doug mckenzie now here's here's my only contention i would make for a movie I still enjoy, despite the fact that there's a flying dog in it. Uh, <laughs> despite? Yeah, there's some... Of. No, I hate shit like that. It's, it's yeah, an yeah. 80s comedy yeah. thing where it's like they'll... When you throw supernatural stuff into your otherwise sort of grounded comedy, yeah, it drives me yeah, up the, the wall. The experimentation going on at the brewery wasn't uh, supernatural. <laughs> well, all right. There's that too and the organ that controls people and stuff. I can get past some of it because it's just farcy dumb, but the f- mm-hmm. flying dog, come on. It's like, come on. It's Yeah, I mean, you totally nailed it, though. I mean, it was an 80s thing to have. You'd have your story, and then for some reason, they just felt like, oh, we need to have some sort of weird well, extra it, element kind of right. thing for no but, other reason. Stuart, yeah. the, I, all the Stuart movies. Yeah. Right. Not Stuart. Uh, uh, not Stuart. You mean uh, the other uh, ones. Um well, Vern, we watched uh, one. He uh, saves Christmas. Saves, uh, Ernest. Ernest, Ernest, Ernest movies. Ernest. There now, you go. Now yep. the difference, the difference there, in my opinion, is uh, the reason why it doesn't bother me in this film is because that was a bookend to the story, the actual story. And when you're in the bookends, mm-hmm. you're actually thinking that Bob and Doug are, you know, orchestrating this low-budget film right, and having self-aware. something sure. right, having something ridiculous as a flying dog would be something that they would do but not necessarily filmmakers well so there's, see, like, there's like two films going on here that's right? why my contention has always been the better film would have been them making the entirety of that space mutant thing in 20 mm-hmm. or whatever it was right right well, well that, and was there I mean, that's easy to say now yeah <laughs> yeah that's right true. like they they were spinning off a, a crappy little thing into a movie yeah, right like yeah, you can yeah. you can understand why they didn't but but i but they to, kind of yeah. doing that though like you know, there's the flying car and the little science fiction thing they do. And then, oh, the car is flying when it goes off the ramp and goes into the water. Yeah. And, you know, the, the kind of the, the, the big movie 
features some of those elements from the from the little movie. I just no, maybe wish- not the flesh eating right. mutant and the right and the <laughs> radioactivity has made me an enemy of I, the people. Like yeah, I <laughs> what I want. This is what I want, or this is what I like. So to so to get to to make my original statement, which I I got sidetracked on myself, but uh, where this movie's the best is where the sketches are the best, and that is that it feels very improvisational. And it's only when Bob and Doug are just screwing around. Like if they're in, they're in the rubber room in the place doing steamrolling each other. Steamroller, that is. Oh like my gosh, I was dying. Favorite. It's so funny. And they, anytime they're just sort of hanging out and talking <laughs> and fighting over a thing, you can tell right. that those guys, the way they interrupt, the way that they uh, talk over each other, all that, you can tell that stuff's very improv. And I wish the whole movie was more of that. Mm-hmm. Like just just yeah, improv yeah. your way kind of curb your enthusiasm style through a story where you have where you know you're ending and you're beginning and then just kind of build it as you go oh, if I'm, that... taking, I'm taking you to the loony bit and then i'm gonna go to the brewery <laughs> no we're going to the brewery <laughs> it, and it i would do you... it i'd watch it today like if, if rick moranis yeah. would just say sure they could do one today because you know dave thomas is always up to up <laughs> he's to ready for it <laughs> yeah always anyway so, he's okay, not so i have to, I have to dave thomas go ahead right, i have yeah. to get some things off my chest but and i just before we completely lose the thread altogether i just want to say i think i might like ernest saves christmas more than this movie <laughs> I'm not. I'm not hundred percent on that though. There is more coherency, even though it's insane. There is more, way more coherency. coherence. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's a complete movie by comparison. Like Ernest Saves right. Christmas has like a, a plot, you know. But um, I, I just, I just want to say, like, this is kind of my first ever experience with a lot of these things, mm. and I am not going to be able to name the guy who. Uh, who plays Doug, he's Andy Richter. I mean, I, I realize Andy Richter is like 20 years younger than him, right. but he's so Andy Dave, Richter. I can't, not, I can't not call Andy him Richter. Andy Richter. Dave Thomas is great. You've seen uh, you've seen those that string of episodes of Arrested Development where uh, uh, Mr. F, that's freaking Dave Thomas. Like, that guy's great. He's he's yeah. he's the goofier, less career successful version <laughs> of Rick Moranis. That's what you want to be known for. But Rick he was Mar- somebody's... Yeah. Wasn't he, he was in some sitcom for a while too, as like the the silly boss or something like that, wasn't he? Yeah. He was in Bones, Blacklist. Was a writer in those things though. He does a lot of writing as well. You sure it's the same one? Because there's so many Dave Thomases. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm looking. I'm looking at. His, oh yeah, looking, I'm looking actually, at his IMDb yeah. and what he's known <laughs> as, for. He made as the movie yeah, starts, he, and I'm looking at the credits. I actually thought Wendy's. Yeah, Wait. he made hamburgers. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna uh, suffer from no, that. No, he did. Uh, oh, Arrested Development. I think that might be what I'm thinking of. Well, that's the yeah. one I just said the, with Mr. F. That's the one I was just talking about. Oh, that's right. That's right. He was uh, yes, Mr. The, the, F. Yeah, and he was great. <laughs> anyway, I hope there's someone else out there who's never seen this before who is familiar with Andy Richter, who watches this for the first time and has the same experience. I, do, I, I can see that Andy mm-hmm. Richter, because uh, they are very subdued in their, in their Wait, comedy. Is the topic we're dancing around here is that this is Randy's first viewing of strange brew. Is that what we're saying? I believe it is. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. oh wow. My, my, my youth was steeped in uh, SCTV and, uh, and Bob and Doug McKenzie. I mean, my, all of my childhood was full of this. Yeah, so and that's and that's the thing that probably uh, is the differentiate. Yeah, the differentiation point for whether this movie holds up or not is that three of us have this whole. Oh my god! I bought the album. I watched the TV show. We we're totally into doing those voices all the time. And oh, take off you hosers and all that stuff. One of these kids is doing his own thing. <laughs> <laughs> and Randy. <laughs> 
this is your first, not just first experience, obviously, with this movie, but your first Bob and Doug. Like, you don't remember the takeoff song from the 80s with Getty Lee or seeing any old uh, SCTV reruns or anything like that, right? Oh, I, I grew up as far away from Canada as you can be but, in the mainland United States. Right. But you eventually <laughs> landed in Canada, didn't you, for a little while, wasn't yeah, that? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. But, I mean, this, this, like, this is... This is like landing in the United States in 2010 and someone expecting you to know anything about Three's Company. Like, you're going to have to go looking for it. Right, but it's also, I mean, some have said they're the Paul Hogan of Canada, and I and Canadians disagree. They say to me, no, no, we love them up here. Like, we yeah. we miss them, and, and, and we do tributes to them all the time, and they'll show up on commercials sometimes, because, and, you know. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they're just a couple of slackers, right? I mean, because this was during the 80s, early 80s, when Canada was having... Uh, uh, you know, job troubles. And so we had kids who were staying at home longer. So you have these adult children living in your home, kind of like some of these millennials who are in a similar situation. So I, I think it, so I think we could appreciate it. Is it, is it also because they realize that Americans don't think all Canadians are just like Bob and Doug McKenzie, the way Absolutely. they thought all Australians were just like Paul <laughs> yeah. Hogan. Yeah. Uh, I, no, I, think that's I don't fair. know because like even having never seen, I, I like I, I, I know about second city TV. Like I know about it. Although mm -hmm. as a kid, I thought it was a Chicago thing yeah. because it, Chicago yeah, in my mind was America's second city. And I didn't think sure. of it as this Canadian thing Which where now is, I understand no. that Toronto is the, the second city of the, uh, North America, as far as Canada is right, concerned, right? Yeah. White North, yeah, yeah. It is. But, it's uh, the second city prime, really. Chicago right. is important, right? But, yeah, anyway. and and over the years, I've picked up on so many amazing people, most of whom ended up in Best in Show, uh, coming out of uh, uh, of this Canadian comedy troupe, right? Like Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, uh, and so on. John Candy. Uh, but but one thing I didn't know, I, I like honestly, I don't know. Uh, uh, Rick Moranis. I I know I, I I like coming into this movie. I'm sitting down and I'm thinking, how do I? What do I know of Rick Moranis? He was Darth Helmet. That's what I've got. Wow. Darth yeah. I've yeah. never He's seen Darth Helmet. You've seen Ghostbusters. I, You've seen. I remember. Parenthood, I remember that he was uh, in Ghostbusters, but I don't remember anything about him being in Ghostbusters. Honey, I shrunk the, all the kid movie kids. I've never See, seen those. Honey, I, that honey, I shrunk some shit. One. Yeah. So I've never seen those movies. So I'm coming into the uh, those Honey I Shrunk the Kids movies. So I'm coming into this thing and I'm thinking about him as Darth Helmet and I'm thinking I wonder if his shtick his entire career was that he's a comedian version of a neurotic Woody Allen mm -hmm. act. Huh. Because that's kind of what I think of Rick Moranis, right? Because of Darth Helmet. And uh <laughs> I really like his ability to play straight farce. Right. But in this film, he's also playing a caricature and I'm just like, wow, this is, I can't believe how much uh, impact this had on me having never seen it. Like how much, how much of, of Canada I thought of growing up that came right out of this Rick Moranis character. Yeah. Right. I, you, it's wow. very interesting to hear this from that perspective. Cause I, it's just, it was so, my life was painted with Bob and Doug McKenzie for years and years and years and yeah. years. Yeah, never, Rick Moranis, like yeah. all over the place. Yeah, Rick Moranis just kept going. In fact, I've been so obsessed with him because he, you know. He was I, like Daffy Duck bouncing through my head just <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but he was like, he was so, he was so in everything for so long and then suddenly quit. His wife passed away. He wanted to raise his kids. He wanted to get out of Hollywood. Still did a few things in Canada, but really just wanted to simmer down. And I remember always being bummed <laughs> out about that because I just thought, oh, come on, man. I, we need more of you. You were great. And then nothing. I heard an interview the other day on an NPR show or a PRI show 
where he uh, just kind of talks about what's going on now and uh, recounts his history at SCTV and all that. And, he, you know, like to me, it was like Rick Moranis was like this guy that, uh, I don't know, he proved that the, like the weird lumpy nerd could be rad. Yeah. And then he yeah. just kind of disappeared. So I've like had this almost obsession with him throughout pop culture. So to talk to somebody who is just being exposed to him and being reminded, oh, yeah, that's the guy from Dark Helmet <laughs> is <Yeah>. really <laughs> weird to hear. Now, I, 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 you know, I think that's actually good for the show whenever this happens to well, us. It's only oh, the second sure. time we've seen him on Film Sack, but uh, we have to agree. Third, like, we third have time. gone out of our way to not watch comedies a lot. Third right? time. Like, yeah. We, yeah. Right. Third time. Third time? Yeah, because it's uh, and, uh, uh, Spaceballs, oh, Ghostbusters this, and too. Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. He oh. was in Ghostbusters yeah. 2? Yes, yeah, he was. He, was. he was the hero by the end of the movie. You remember, he came along and... Uh, oh. and he was put on a proton pack and he was in Ghostbusters. Yeah, he was in one and two, and he was he was a highlight. Although two is just bad up and down, but but yeah, yeah, he's you know he's great. He was Barney Rubble in that uh, terrible. I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Which is, and yeah. didn't they do? Um, didn't they do kind of steering it back? Didn't they do for Brother Bear? I don't know if you're if, yeah. if yes. Will's ever seen Brother Bear, but Bob and Doug. I mean, the, the voices of uh, uh, Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas do a couple of bears that are very much Bob and Doug McKenzie in that movie. Yeah, yeah they're called... Like, the, only, on. the only, only good part about that movie. It, it's true. They're very funny <laughs> yeah, in it. It's true. I yeah. just, I, I, before we progress too far, I'd love to hear Brian Dunaway. Like, did, you, did, did SCTV make it to where you grew up? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, but, you know, I watched a lot of alternate channels <laughs> so i mean we had satellite dish very early on in my childhood and uh so i was always watching not the mainstream stuff necessarily you know i was watching elvira sctv you know you just name it if, if it was weird and odd man the the number of hours i consume tv yeah. when i was a kid is just it's disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It really is. It's, yeah. it's just outrageous it's just freaking it's outrageous. gross yeah here it is rick moranis dave thomas they played rut and took on uh, on that show, and they were basically Bob and Doug McKenzie, and they played uh, Canadian mooses or moose, mises, whatever it is, Meese, plural mooses. Uh, so that's a that was cool because at the time I was like, oh yeah, dude, they're they're back, yeah, woo! I'll take them in any form I can get them, and and yeah, um, only only reason why I even watched Brother Bear, true story. Yeah, no, same. I was so mad at that movie. If you watch that movie, that movie is it's one of those movies you watch and you're like, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> this is so unfair. Yeah, Brother Bear's rough, but it, but yeah. they as characters are great. So I mean, and and I yeah. picked up uh, along the way. I thought I heard Scott mentioned that they had an album, like or they yeah. had a record. Oh my yeah, gosh, the great, yes. white, the great White Album. Yeah, oh man, this is it's like you saying, two. "Who are the Beatles?" What's, I've never heard of them. To me, it's a, it's a no, comedy it's, no, album. It's not. No, it's no, no, not. no, no. To me, not, no, 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 no. Hold on, not, not to everyone, not to everyone. it's it's small. No, let me let me clarify. That's how it sounds to my ears, like that, because because to me it was so ubiquitous in my youth. To hear that no one's heard of the Great White album, uh, Great White is, North, the Great White North I, is so weird to me. I just can't even. I, I, had, I had a lot of comedy records, and I mean records, and I I love them very very much. And I think about uh, I think about how that progressed, especially in the eighties and nineties. And the end of it, uh, in my mind, was the Jerky Boys, uh, uh, like this this thing where <laughs> you have you have these guys. Sunway's response right there was just priceless. <laughs> Yeah, kind of uh, with them. There. Like you have these guys who basically killed that form right. <laughs> yeah. later on, but along the way, there's this there's this thing where you get two guys who are funny and you have them do something and you record it and you 
cobble it into a, a record. Like it's, it's it's really awesome, and I'm I'm kind of sad I missed it. Well, it's still there for you. You can get it. Yeah, okay. you can. That's the great thing about uh, CDs uh, is they're still available. Yeah. I think you can probably even stream. Yeah, the whole thing's on Apple Music and Spotify and oh, everywhere else. Here's the other I'll thing. Yeah, I was going one, one quick thing I was gonna say about um, that, and that is that I can't remember. Dunaway, go ahead. I uh, forgot what I was gonna say. I'll tell you the the one of the <laughs> albums that some of the albums that just were coming out fast and quick in a hurry was the Adam Sandler CDs oh, yeah. for a while, and man, mm-hmm. I used to just love the, those. Felt mm-hmm. like so outside the norm at that yeah. time. I would be interested to go back and listen to see if they. You still know, hold and, them. and it, they do kind of follow a very similar formula to like even the Steve Martin ones where it's, right. it's recorded uh, stand-up comedy in front of an audience as well as the occasional song that's thrown in there, right? Yeah. Like the Steve Gets Martin's yep. right. I mean, he had the, he had King Tut on one of those comedy albums. The comedy's yeah. not funny or whatever it was. Yeah. And, um, uh, just like Adam Sandler had his piece of shit car and great white North <laughs> had take off. There's there's a, a really cool formula for those '80s comedy albums, and I don't know if they do it. Well, I mean, I guess Adam Sandler was '90s, but I don't know if they if well, I don't even know if comedy albums are still a thing. Like, is there a Louis right. C.K. Oh, sure. comedy yeah. album? I would, oh, yeah. I would go okay. down to the oh right, Patton Oswalt did one. Yeah, yeah. Of there's a yeah. whole bunch yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, but they, I want they, those on vinyl. Is that weird? <laughs> you are no, weird. I want them on vinyl. Here, here's the I thing, won't. though. Here's the difference. This the, around here is you never hear anybody do. It's almost like '70s. Uh, you know how an album in the '70s would be like a story, like Pink Floyd. The wall was like yeah. this huge yeah. epic story. Concept album. Yeah. It felt like the comedy albums were a bit like concept albums. In fact, some of those Adam Sandler albums weren't oh, yeah. stand up at all. They were just skits yeah. and sketches. Yeah. And yeah, right. Like the Fart Doctor and all that stuff was great. And so, I don't know why that's not booth, done. Charlie, is that what it is? The yeah. one who's at the toll booth. I'm coming out the booth. They just don't. Do they don't sell now. And I maybe or maybe I mean, maybe they do, and I don't know. But I, I you don't hear about those ever now, and I don't know why. That would be great. I'll tell you last, why. I'll tell you why is because uh, you know we, they don't think that they have replayability like they probably did when we were kids. And we, I listened to that George Carlin album with the seven words you can't say on television over and over. Yeah. I listened to Great White North. There was a bunch of stuff like that that I listened to. But, and I think was, in a day where you can stream an entire album, an entire comedy album, you're thinking, great, I've heard all those jokes. What's the yeah. next thing? I'm not gonna. And I'm not, not only, yeah. yeah, not only the ability to stream it access to material that is inappropriate for your age there is no real there's no real block to uh, kids getting all the obscenities they want just by getting on the internet now <laughs> it's true yeah. when we were growing right. up if you wanted to hear you know eddie murphy get raw <laughs> and dirty you had to get yeah. the album yeah, yeah. Get the album. and yeah and that was a that was also a thing going from television to not television which was like you saw uh, Eddie Murphy on Saturday Night Live and thought he was really great, and then he put out an album so you could get the real Eddie Murphy, and everyone bought that record and was shocked. Like that record was probably thrown away by fifty percent of households. <laughs> the parents, nope. Yeah. And, like, Unlike yeah, the and Bob like, Saget album, which was probably ninety percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I want to correct you. Uh, King Tut was on Wild and Crazy Guy, mm-hmm. and I, I know this like because I had three Steve Martin records. I had Comedy Is Not Pretty and Wild and Crazy Guy, and the the one, the black and white one where he's wearing the uh, the, earth the, the balloons. Head. Oh, the balloons! Right, right. right. Uh, let's yes. get small. Yes. And uh, Wild and Crazy Guy is the one with King Tut on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank and, you for that. Yeah. So, and good it's, correction. it's at the very end, and I know this because uh, <laughs> I had to. Sk- I would have to skip through a bunch of it 
uh, because my parents would come along. I'd be listening in my room, right. and my parents would come along. And, oh, Couldn't you cut. just lift the needle and? Uh... Yeah, you just lift the needle and go right up. <laughs> drag the drag the needle. Do one of those. Yeah, I feel it... like Cat like Williams could come out with a good comedy mm-hmm. album with just you know, and still and still break your your mind. Well, and he did right, like he right. Know, uh, uh, it's Pimpin' Pimpin' was a was a good record like five, six, seven years ago or something. But the the thing about uh, nowadays he go, he go is... crazy and kill a dude or something. What happened with him? Something happened with him. <laughs> so, he's had he's had some health problems. Oh, maybe he, that's he it. He talks about killing he's, a dude. Maybe so, maybe he did. So I don't he know. He was in a right. scandal a few years ago where uh, uh, an ongoing joke of his about being a small man. Uh, bled over into people wanting to fight him, and he eventually oh, yeah. got into a fight with like a twelve-year-old or something. Mm. Oh, wow. uh, and I'm all, I'm all over here like, oh no, Cassis, he's great, he's great. If you go to his Wikipedia page, he literally has a whole section called legal issues, which is yeah, like he's, a full page worth of all the legal issues he's had. It's oh, really geez. funny, but um, but the but the record thing, like, I still think it's possible, but Dane Cook kind of kind of ruined records <laughs> for people with the. <laughs> With his massive double album from seven right. or eight years ago, where everyone bought it, and then it was like suddenly the last cool thing that anyone ever did in terms of <laughs> comedy, and then it, you know, we all have to hate it now because Dan Cook is detestable for some reason. Yeah, uh, I don't know why we hate Dan Cook now. I don't. I, don't, I'm not, I haven't gotten around my. I haven't I wrapped my head around it. It's the same reason we hate Smash Mouth. <laughs> So he's I think, the, it, I think it, wow. it comes from the same the same source. He's it's the that. smash oh, mouth of bro, comedy. It's bro tank, you know. Yeah, bro. It's overexposure and bro. You're right. It's, it's he's, all bad. he's good in movies and stuff when he does yeah. acting gigs. I like yeah. him in those. I don't know. It just feels, not that it's not totally unwarranted, but he, I hadn't thought of him before as the is the I, uh, smash so mouth wanna, of comedy that's crazy yeah i want to know i want to know if music works the same way as comedy in this this regard so dane cook was was really amazing his first album harmful of swallowed was like uh, one of those things that blew everybody's minds cuz they hadn't heard him before and he's really energetic and then he grows and grows until until he gets this retaliation album which is the biggest selling comedy album of all time and everybody turns on him and who turned on him first were other comics mm-hmm. and other comics were jealous and they accused him of stealing jokes. Mm, yes. And I wonder, I wonder if that happens in music too, where the, oh, it starts absolutely. in the industry, and your peers turn on you, and then crowds turn on you. Yeah, it's so easy to look at someone who's having success and have something similar to what you have, and question where they got their information from and where they got their content from. That's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. common across all forms because you want to you want to be successful, and when mother mother humpers like Dan Cook is over there taking it down. But does Kevin Hart? Uh, oh, he's nearing I, he it. Is, he's nearing it. He is. Yeah, he's almost untouchable at this point. Everybody loves him. But is is he going to get to a no. point where he's going to cross over? I think he's going to cross. I think he's getting close to that edge. I think he's like uh, on the on the whole other side of this. You got uh, you might be a redneck. What's his name? Can't think of his name. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Foxworthy. Jeff Foxworthy. Foxworthy is you know pretty funny guy. He's a decent stand up comedian. But he. It, there is a line somewhere. I don't think it's an intentional or malicious thing, but there's a line he stepped over and became just a parody of himself. And now I think it's just nobody goes, oh, yeah, Jeff Foxworthy. Boy, that guy can really get me going. Like he's he's in the Smash Mouth territory now. <laughs> and I feel bad for those guys. I don't think that's intentional. So, Certainly don't. You know, do you they're think? just trying no, no, to follow no. their success and do what. And it's. <laughs> Go ahead. I was just going to say it's not inevitable either. No. Like, oh, true, like, true. What, you know, some of the biggest comedians in some parts of the world, like Gabriel Iglesias in the Southwest, 
I can't imagine him ever losing his audience. He's mm-hmm. just, he's got an audience. He's very self-deprecating. He's not selfish, you yeah. know, like that kind of thing. I just can't, I, 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 don't, I don't know what he would have to do to, I think, to lose his I audience. I think it just hit me what it is. It's, it, it's mo- and that's not all the time because I don't know how Dan Cook fits into this, but <clears throat> it's when they hit a certain, uh, or when, when their gimmick overtakes them. So Jeff Foxworthy's gimmick of I'm a redneck dude talking about country folk and that particular How smart spin, or fifth grader. Yeah, Let's go. Yeah. That thing he took he right. got to the same place that uh that that guy that Brian doesn't like, um Gary, uh, Larry the cable guy got. Cable oh, yeah. guy. Uh he well, got they worked together sure. for a long time. Yeah, same let's, let's place be that clear. Ibbitt doesn't like him, right? Right. I'm talking about me. Okay. Yeah, no, no. And yeah, yeah, also, no. we're talking like Gallagher's another example. Carrot Top's another example. Any of these guys where they really rely. Wait, quick, what do you what do you know about Gallagher? Gallagher all I know about, smashes, smashes melons. Yeah, watermelons. That's, that's it. That's all I know. Yeah, it's because that's what I'm I, saying. His gimmick is larger than his other capabilities. And yeah, so, Gallagher had had some great stand up, and he and he, that's all gotten forgotten. Yeah, but but What's it's also. Talk? What's Carrot Top's gimmick? Looking scary as a mother? No, it's a oh full, my God, yeah, props. Yeah. Right, right. Chest full of props. Yeah, but I and, like, and I like where Dunaway was going. Roids. I like where Dunaway was going with the whole roided up carrot face <laughs> yeah. weird thing. Yeah. Looks like he could cut a guy. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, one, thing, one thing about Canada, trying to steer us here. One thing about Canada <laughs> is people are generally nicer than most parts of the world. Like, And it goes to their media, too. There's a lot of uh, apologia and a lot of friendliness that you don't find elsewhere and so when i i found that when i was naming those people earlier Catherine o'hara eugene levy that you know these guys you can't imagine them ever becoming the villains of their industry right mm-hmm. they're, right they're just, oh yeah rick moranis throughout this film he comes across as so nice like even even though he and uh dave, dave thomas. thomas are playing morons who do they don't always do nice things like right like they're really really caught up in the idea of suing for damages yeah like right. they're, they're not just for some not... free beer eh? because they got no money <laughs> yeah, right but right. but like they you know they they're not even really not beer. even suing as much as just if i give you the bottle that's got a mouse in it will you give me a case of beer kind yeah of thing. like right. yeah it's like <laughs> that whole, it's that whole mentality go sure. ahead. like even yeah. even when you when you pull apart what they're doing and go oh wow that's not nice and the bad guy <laughs> is really not nice and i'm looking forward to talking about him you still give canadians a pass like Canada is just, they are nice. And this movie bleeds that niceness everywhere. Yeah. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, part of the reason Bob and Doug are great in the first place is they're self-effacing and there's a sweetness kind of to them. Uh, this I've even said this about Trailer Park Boys, another Canadian comedy thing that I've followed for a long time now and had fallen in love with. And some people watch it and go, man, that is the most crass, sweary, freaking nasty show. And my answer to them is, yeah, but it's there's something there that's like heartwarming. It's hard to put your finger on it because right. it's it's mm-hmm. really just a big parody what? of language people living trailer language parks. Language is this language. I mean, yeah, right. But it's something. There's something to that. There's a power to that. And I think Bob and Doug McKenzie always embodied that really well. If anything, Bob and Doug McKenzie was bad for Dave Thomas's career because I think, and especially after this viewing, I he used to be my least favorite of the McKenzie brothers. But I really like him. Like he's yeah. really like good. A clear second place. Yeah, and, and in my, but in my mind, he may he may be better in than I thought. 
and maybe just wasn't appreciating it when I was younger, and now I appreciate him more. And I think he's the one that got typecast because he's just so good as Doug McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Like he's just I can't, so. Perfect. I can't say who wrote a majority of the ideas and jokes and where things were steered to, but he definitely feels like the older brother in every aspect of kind of making those decisions. Yeah, he's totally wrong. I mean, I went down a huge rabbit hole. Oh, this is what I was going to tell you before, and I forgot. Uh, right after the movie ended for me, I watched it last night, and it ended about ten o'clock last night. I thought, well, time to, you know, sew everything up and go upstairs and whatever. And then I went on this rabbit hole hunt for just old SCTV era stuff that they were doing. (laughs) And man, there are some amazing playlists on YouTube of incredible things. Apparently, there's a documentary in 2007 that I really want to get my hands on, but I can't find it anywhere. Oh, really? Wow. Um, So I went and watched all this, like, I don't know, probably 50 of their sketches. Yeah. They're all amazing. They're all hilarious. Mm -hmm. There's one about... How to cook bacon right if you use beer instead of butter, and uh, <laughs> the difference between long underwear and normal underwear, and it's the funniest. It's really good, like improv-y and, and funny. It's so good, and it's clearly it's it's clearly the most popular of the sketches that ever came out of SCTV, and it was originally intended just to be this kind of throwaway filler thing. Yeah, it was never intended to be this like recurring deal. It was just going to be um, the station manager guy Caballero said. Uh, uh, we need more Canadian content. So, all right, let's just find two guys off the street and give them a show. Yep. And this was going to be like their one little one-off skit. And it turned into the, the probably the biggest thing that ever came from SCTV. I Maybe can't, I can't Grimley think, being the other one. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I can't think of anything oh, bigger except Grimley. Grimley. But mm-hmm. Grimley's so, you know, SNL owns that. One now. note. Yeah. Well, well, uh, he took it from, I mean, uh, uh, Martin Short did it on SCTV first. And then when he went to SNL, he took it with him. Well, that's my point is like they, oh. they, they he got there and now the association is purely snl like i don't know any yeah. I, there are very few yeah. people that think it came from anywhere else and so because of that you know once again canada gets ripped gets ripped off a little bit but but you're right like those are it those are your two things and mm-hmm. what else is there other than john candy was probably your most beloved of the offshoots eugene yeah. levy continues to be you know everyone's glad he exists stifler's dad yeah stifler's dad Stifler, yeah not Stifler, not uh, the Stifler, other kid, uh, the, the pie, the pie porker, the pie, <laughs> something, <laughs> the pie maker. We call him the pie maker. You, yeah. you may not know is that the uh, is that Canada has a, a, a Canadian content rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have a, a regulatory commission called the CRTC, and they dictate how much content on radio and television has to be Canadian, and it's it's one of the reasons why so much U.S. production has moved to Canada because you can. If you just make your show in Canada, you can call it Canadian content, and which I mean, it means the regulations working, but it's weird because a lot of things we think of as American, they think of as Canadian. Yeah. Uh, I I actually started getting influenced by Canadian programming when I went to college. So I I moved out of the southern tip of Texas into the slightly less southern part of Texas, and suddenly, boom, kids in the hall. And uh, 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 what's what is the Red Green show? Have you ever seen the Red Green? Oh yeah, show? yeah, yeah. In fact, um, Dave, I was Dave, hoping we'd bring up Kids in the Hall because that's a that's a great, you know, companion piece to this. I think right. Kids in the Hall. I, I'm going to say something controversial here. Does not hold up. I think at the time it was what? amazing. If you watch it, go watch some now, and you'll be like, oh. So you're telling me that I'm Doug doesn't still hold up? Uh, I I am bothered right now because I think it holds up so much better than this thing. Mm. This explains a lot, right? 
This explains I, a lot why I didn't like Wet Hot American Summer and that kind of stuff, right? I always yeah. felt like there was, even even at the time, I always felt like any given episode of Kids in the Hall had two or three really good sketches, and then a couple of things are like, okay, yeah, that's kind of funny, and then one that just, oh, when is this one going to end? Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that's, but that's true about anything. Give it me is. any comedy. For sure, sure. sure. Saturday Night Live is, <laughs> yeah. you know, that at least yeah. at least with Saturday Night Live, that's like broken out into the first half hour, the middle hour, <laughs> and the last half hour. Yeah, you can kind of <laughs> guess which one's going to suck. Exactly. Yeah. I, can't, I still can't believe that show's nine minutes long. It's weird to me that they ever went that long. But 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 yeah, like watch kids, just, for reals though, go find kids in the hall somewhere. There's a couple of skits that just resonate in my brain all the time. Like if I have an argument with somebody and it's just not going anywhere, I'll just start crushing. I'll just know what, what that, <laughs> and I'll start banging the table and just going, it's citizen, it was citizen Kane. It was citizen Kane. Cause there's this great <laughs> skit with him trying to figure out what a movie is. And is, and he finally stabs him in the hand with a fork and it's just, yeah. it's, not, it's not fair to compare kids in the hall to strange brew for two reasons. One, it's newer. And and it one depends on the other, and also Kids in the Hall is like 150 hours of comedy, so of course you're gonna find some some uh, diamonds in that rough, right? Sure. Where right. you know Strange Brew is 80 minutes long, and uh, I don't know, it, it, like it's not fair, but like uh, there's there's some other great Canadian comedies, like The Newsroom, not Newsroom, right. The Newsroom, uh, <laughs> is is really funny. I, I highly recommend Canada. Did yeah. Fletcher send in a uh, a, a summary of, ah, of of this? No, this movie? no, not because of him though, because of me. Okay. I'm terrible at this lately. I have been the worst about getting with Fletcher on time. <laughs> so it is not. I should make that clear on the show so people understand. This is not Fletcher like going. Ah, I don't want to do this anymore. This is Scott being bad at like ah. getting it to him in a timely manner. Uh, so I've got a new plan moving forward after today. That. I can guarantee that is a beauty. guarantee beauty. A uh, so so what, can anybody sum up the movie quickly? Because <laughs> I, I kept trying to go back in my head and review the movie uh, in know. my head and just go, what is the real point? A couple of, the of guys uncover a uh, well, Tamlet. <laughs> Tamlet. <laughs> it's Hamlet. Uh, a couple of guys uncover a a plot to take over a brewery and also. Uh, poison the minds of Canadian citizens, or not poison, Attached but like to an, uh, an insane asylum with yes, right. right. And, uh, well, poison the mind of Canadian citizens to like bend them to their will once they're right. finished testing it on hockey playing um, loony bins. Crazy, uh, still don't know what I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is really now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hard to hard to summarize because like there's. Stormtroopers here in the middle of it. I want to work that into the summary somehow. Yeah, <laughs> some good trivia about that stormtrooper stuff. Uh, he said he saw. Je- he goes at one point. Bob says of his brother, he saw Jedi seven times, eh, or yeah. seventeen yeah. times. And he goes, uh, "What's crazy though is that Star Wars Episode f- uh, Six, Return of the Jedi, opened in May '83. Production on Strange Brew wrapped five months earlier, so the movie wasn't even out when they were saying these things. And they say that the reason that he only says saw Jedi is because the revenge and return thing had not been decided yet because if you remember it was originally revenge of the jedi and became return later and so that sounds like uh fake fiction but i like it could be it could be it says here schwarzenegger was considered for the role so that could be it fake fiction as opposed to true fiction that's it you heard it you know the one true crime did you guys know there was a sequel planned it was called homebrew was uh planned for production in 99 so it was going to be like 
how many years later is that? That's like 15 years lot. later. Yeah. Uh, financing fell through the last minute. It was co-written by Thomas and Paul Flattery. Flattery was also going to direct. And Dan Aykroyd was on board to play the part of uh, friend Rick Ripple. Uh, principal photography so, began, let's see, it was, er, uh, was to begin July 19th of 1999 in Toronto. It, At one point, Todd McFarlane was going to step in with the oh, money wow. and, and, and help pay it through. And that just all fell apart and nobody, I did like it, so. to, I like to think that maybe they just took all the money and drank beer with it instead. Yeah. <laughs> but, but talk about ancient reasoning. Like nowadays you would never consider a film to be, you know, out of production because they couldn't get financing. Like they just make the movie, you know, like nowadays. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, who cares about financing? How much could it possibly cost? Like, Moranis has this in his change in his couch. Yeah, you know, like even in '99, he has change in his couch. I, like, I don't know what happened it, here. But, but no, the, things have changed in the last 15 years, right? Like, yeah. it's just not the same in terms of you have to go raise 10 million dollars in order to start production. Like. There's there's all kinds of comedy crews making movies all the time for nothing. Yeah, why isn't there a Kickstarter or something? You know, like that's the era we live in is is yeah. is Rick Moranis and you know Dave Thomas would be the one pushing for it and Rick would be like I don't know, man. But they they uh they probably are done with it. I mean, these guys are in their yeah. late 50s, maybe And their 60s. target audience is, you know, in their 40s probably for the most part. Oh yeah. Right? I, oh yeah. I'm going to bet that we still see something else Bob and Doug McKenzie. I'm going to bet that we see something else Wayne and Garth. Mm. Before we die and before it's over, before, before it's over. this wild ride is over, we're exactly. going to see. I think that uh, you know people are seeing things like um, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example: the Ghostbusters remake and stuff like that, where you'd never thought these people would ever get back together and do any part of that again. And granted, they just make quick appearances and stuff. Uh, the the original Ghostbusters cast, but I think you're going to see. Um, uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie do something again. All right, this is a, I want to it. To me, it's a no-brainer. I mean, this is a this is Netflix written all over it. I mean, we already had Wet Hot American oh, Summer. Oh, right, Netflix is a great whole, example, right? Because Pee Wee I mean, Herman did that thing, the yeah. the show specifically for Netflix. Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's a it's the right size for what this this project, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, and also mm -hmm. I don't yeah. want them to. As much as I love animated stuff, if they decide to do animation, and it's fine if they do. They still need to rely on this being mostly an improv back and forth thing, because yeah. that's did where it's best. The, if you script the, it, sucks. It sucks if you script it. Yes. Did, did we, we watch, all watch the trailer on the DVD? Uh, no, I I, no. I I watched the ripped version that Dunaway made, so I don't have any of that stuff. I mean, I have the disc. Yeah, but. I didn't. There's a trailer for the animated show on the DVD, and it's it's cute. Oh, there's it's, there's it's, a whole episode of the animated yeah, the show on the DVD. On there, yeah. yeah, you should watch it. It's good. It's it's fun. You got robbed if yours doesn't have the whole thing. Well, I, I I was trying to not spend too much of my life watching any <laughs> of this, stuff, but but like they they actually talk about while in the sh animated show they talk about how animation is better because they can do anything, and, and they're ageless, right? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. They just and, be their voices, and that's it. By the way, that was 2009 that that show was on, so it wasn't that well, long ago. Um, Rick Moranis, Dave Thomas uh, lasted how long? Just the season, it looks like. And yeah, not, not as long as we think. Yeah. The problem is, uh, well, I don't know. Who knows? I, I honestly, this would have been better. Brandy's right. Do this now. You got yourself a little hit on Netflix or Amazon Prime or something. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Do this in 2009. You're just you're just barely ahead of the edge. You're ahead of the thing there. But I would love that for for Ibbitt's thing to come true. I would love for a Can, return. Mm -hmm. Are are we? But 
I'm so down with this. I know we talk about the Canadians loving these guys. Uh, and I really compare it to our, you know, our Wayne and Garth. We're, we're not ashamed of Wayne and Garth. You know, we, we accept that there are some people like that in this country. So when they go to other places, we don't go, we're ashamed of this. But right. are we, are we, are we at a point where we kind of like, uh, we, are we so PC that we're afraid to bring out any type of stereotype? This plays somebody's intelligence down well, i mean plays part of what i like we, is well, can we do it you know it's funny is mike myers is from canada this stuff always comes from canada right I swear. right, right. Mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he's supposed to be american though, no right? no he's i understand right yeah, peoria peoria illinois yeah. is where wayne and garth are from yeah. yeah scott fletcher's hometown by the way that's right, right. yeah <laughs> think of that so so um, i'm gonna say i'm gonna say yes like i i genuinely believe that billy eichner is doing what you're talking about right now mm-hmm. uh danny mcbride is doing what you're talking about right oh. now these guys are these are and American vice, vice comics. Is, mm-hmm. is he doing something? Mm, I don't know if just that's everything. Salon. Everything Danny McBride does, like, ah. he, he, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, these are um, American Covenant. comics. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only the only safe the only safe stereotype left is is the is the Southern white trailer Angry. person. That's that's pretty much the only one that's safe. I mean, everybody's okay. It's like, are we okay with making fun of these guys? Yeah, South South trailer park people. Yeah, yeah, we good. We good. All right, yeah. let's do it. No, you're right. I don't know. Can we make fun of like New Yorkers and, and... right? They can. That, yeah. and you're you're yeah. drawing a distinction between people making fun of their own kind and people making fun of sort of their nation for everybody yeah. on behalf right. of everybody. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think you're right. That that's over. I don't think you're going to have that sort of thing happen ever again because it's too broad. Yeah. But mm-hmm. every every comic is making fun of their own kind, whatever that is. Yeah, I think that's part of well, certainly today. That's that is comedy today. Like you're, if you're Patton Oswalt, you're making fun of tubby nerds in a way. Tubby uh, nerds. If you're, he wasn't so funny last night when I watched the Circle. Oh, <laughs> wait, the Circle. What's oh circle. the 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 so Tom Hanks, Hanks. Yeah, Hermione. I, yeah, I heard that oh, sucked. Yeah. Was is that as bad as everyone said? Because you know they they I I heard some people say it sucked too, and I watched it, and it it I don't think it sucks. Now it is a very depressing movie that you're kind of like it's almost like watching a horror movie and going god these people are stupid why are they doing these stupid things don't be doing that stupid thing but in another way it's like i can kind of totally see people doing that stupid thing so i don't necessarily think it sucks does does I, tom hanks say i know what love depressing. is hermione does he ever say that no, not even not even once <laughs> okay Do, does it suck yeah yeah it kind of sucks but it's kind of like watching uh logan's run i mean that movie sucks but not necessarily because the movie sucks it just <laughs> It's like watching Soul. It's like watching Soul and Green going. Soul and Green sucks. Well, yeah, but it's not really. No, the for me, it's sucks. like that's my Waterworld thing. It sucks, right. but it's great. It's great, and it sucks, but it's great. Have Have you guys read The Circle? No. No, oh, it's a movie. I didn't so, know it was a book. I had no it's idea. A book. Yeah, it's it's a really good book, and it's kind of like an episode of Black Mirror, uh, drawn out exactly. into a yes. novel length. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, so it's it basically. It basically uh, takes the idea of Facebook and stretches it to as far as you can possibly go, yeah. uh, you know, in society. Yeah. And I, I recommend it. I can't imagine the movie gets into any of it. Like uh, the movie probably scratches five percent of the surface of that book. Yeah, yeah it, it felt mm-hmm. like it. It was very surface. Yeah, they, plus, they felt like there was a lot more they could have done. Plus, Hermione talks like she's from like California. It's really weird. <laughs> I actually have the book right here. It's 500 pages long. Yeah, it, like that's too many pages. That's a lot of pages. <laughs> that's also my upper limit on puzzle pieces, by the way. Right? Yeah. I don't, I don't like that's going a, good... a thousand. Not not into it. 
Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, don't, oh, I hate, best dude. Jigsaw puzzles are the biggest ones. I hate big. I hate jigsaw puzzles, period. So the smaller the pieces, the better. The bigger the pieces and the least of the pieces, the better. I, I, I find it fascinating because I have a print of yours where it's called Items of Note. Yeah. And uh, I think it would make such a great jigsaw puzzle. Oh, Items of Interest. Uh, yeah. You know what you'd like? Items of Interest. You, you know what yeah. you'd like even more is my new brain dump one because it's like I that. Saw, but I saw like, that oh, one. that would be cool. That would be, make a great puzzle. Oh, yeah. I completely agree. And it's for people who would like puzzles. I'm just not that guy. I freaking hate them. <laughs> I find them boring a- and useless and there's a thousand great. things I could. All I can do when I'm doing a puzzle is think about the other things I could be doing. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, gonna put a, I'm gonna put a hard stop on our puzzle talk and talk about the movie for a minute. <laughs> the circle? Okay, so tell us about the circle. No, no, no. We're, gonna, we're not even gonna talk about the circle. We're gonna jump all okay. the way back to Strange Brew. All right. And I've got to ask the question: I, uh, What are those donuts in that drawer? How many mm. donuts does that lady have in the drawer? How easily is she bribed? Mm-hmm. And does she eat them later? And question. Would any of you eat a donut that someone produces from their pocket? No. Okay. So. Right. No. This is a. There's this a is lot a of very, questions here. Yeah. Right. This is a very American uh, uh, coming into Canada for the first time kind of question. I had all, I had all these questions when I moved to Canada because. <laughs> oh, please starters, tell me Canadians keep donuts in their pockets. <laughs> of course they do. Absolutely they do. And what the like the answer to a lot of the food differences between US and Canada is that it's always cold there outside and inside and in your car and everywhere you go it's cold and so they have all of these habits and practices that have to do with nothing ever spoils because it's frozen yeah. wherever you leave it yeah. it's fine yeah. <laughs> they they you know donuts are a fantastic food in Canada because uh, Canadians are all about hot drinks, mm. and donuts mm. go with hot drinks really well. Sure. And so there's like hot drinks all day long, like five times a day. You're getting coffee or tea or whatever. It's because they're trying and not my, to die. My problem is, uh, I don't know about you guys, but every time I turn my pocket out, I have all kinds of lint, dirt, dirt, yeah. lint. What is this? What what is tiny I piece of I gravel? I haven't eaten. I haven't eaten a piece of gravel. I haven't eaten nerds in ten years. Why do I have a? Oh yeah, nerds, nerds will stay in your pockets pocket. forever, dude. You'll get little a little a little tiny round <laughs> rumply nerd in the back corner of a pocket like ten years after you ate your nerds. Yeah. But the lint in your pocket isn't going to hurt you. If, if, it, it, hops, if it hops on my chocolate covered donut, I'm not going to be happy. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't keep Lick a donut in a drawer. It's Lick gross. It off. Well, Listen, there's only besides, I mean, when she puts it in a drawer, it's going to get a paperclip stuck to the yeah. bottom of it anyway. Yeah. Here's what's, my. What's she, what's she waiting for? We know she's going to eat it. Look Here are the two gross yeah. things in the movie. The grossest <laughs> thing, the grossest thing in the movie, without Wait. any question, is the freaking beer dog dish reuse. Right. Ooh, can I beer. guess the second thing, by the way? For me, it's the donut in the drawer. Well, what's yours? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I would have thought. So things that gross got out, I would have thought it was the. I just drank all that beer in this vat. That some of it yes. was my pee. Yes. <laughs> I forgot. Now you're right. In retrospect, you're totally right. I forgot that he warmed up the place. She goes, why is it warmer all of a sudden? I forgot about that after he drank it. Because let me tell you another thing I hated about this movie. Him drinking Uh the entire thing and being a giant fat thing with with the most stretchy uh, uh, reusable pajamas I've ever seen in my life. I hate jokes like that. I hate I actually... I did enjoy the fact that they had the pajamas because they had the the, the constant struggle of, of... of the the youth during that time was are you into sci-fi or are you into cowboys yeah 
you know, and so one one was wearing the cowboy pajamas, another one was wearing. No, the I like that, pajamas. but him him drinking an entire you know containing vat of of beer and becoming this huge thing is stupid. You couldn't because you've wore those pajamas before, and you know they don't stretch. It's because they're kind of like polyester cotton. Also, blend, you right? couldn't do it. You drink you drink three, four, five gulps of that, and you'd barf immediately. Like. <laughs> Like it's just so dumb, and I know so that I, I know but, I thought this but, was funny in 1982. I know I did. But I I mm. liked. But I like. I mean, like, come on, let's face it. These these guys are superheroes, and their superhero power is to make use of beer to get out of bad situations. <laughs> right? Isn't that right? The idea because yeah. they're drinking beers under under the water. By exactly. the way, I want I want to congratulate them on that scene of them <laughs> right over underwater and using the beer to you know sustain. Yeah. Right. Uh, because was that that had to be a really a bitch to, to fill. fill they had to fill i mean you know in in bob and doug mckenzie land they had to have the wherewithal to fill those bottles with air as they were flying yeah. through the air about to land in the water like okay start turning these beer bottles upside down because as soon as we get in the water it's gonna they're gonna start filling did, with water unless they're upside you, down yeah did you guys notice that moranis that moranis never actually took any any beer into his mouth yeah, he, no, he was. Oh, he was no, more, more than once, he puts a, a bottle that has a cap on it into his right. mouth, <laughs> and then really? does this thing with his throat where it looks like he's gulping. <laughs> yeah, the earlier shot where he was in the house and they were drink, they were pounding him down. Huh. I, uh, I mean, he's a non-drinker. If he's yeah, a, yeah. He, he may be a teetotaler because he. I'm telling you, this whole thing, he never once actually gulps beer. No, he talked so, about this in that interview. He doesn't drink and he doesn't smoke. So every time you see him uh, on set with a cigarette or they're passing smokes around, hey, give me some smokes, eh? That whole thing. He's mm-hmm. literally not inhaling. He's he's Bill Clintoning for real. He's just like not mm-hmm. not sucking it in, which is you know. I guess at the time, that's all they had was real cigarettes, right? You didn't have sure, these weird right. faker... The, the clove fake cigarette things. Yeah, yeah. the Mad Men ones they use now. But, uh, the, girl, the, yeah. film, the film is just full of unnecessary stuff, but can we talk about the science fiction aspects? Because no. I didn't, I never understood. <laughs> why is Doug Why is Doug an electrical genius, and what does it have to do oh, with anything? And why that's, the, this, that's the qualifiers. Yeah. You, you, when you were this age, these, let's face it, these guys are supposed to be like more like 14, 13-year-olds. Right, even though they're older than that. That's, that's, the, that's mentality. the mentality. Yeah, yeah. that's where they right. got right. stuck. Still sure. living at home with so, mom and dad right. and doing it. Right. And so when you would brag to your friends about someone's abilities, it was stuff like, oh, he figured out how to hook up the stereo. He can do anything. He is now the official you know, electronics guy. But you know? what did it have to do with the story? Why, why is oh, well, the... the... It was important because there were so many scenes where electricity... Uh, what was a theme and a motif in this movie where it's just like it, constantly things are getting electrocuted and blowing up mm-hmm. and it has it is tied in very directly to the story. You just reminded so, I mean, me what, what, that we haven't even brought up the fact that somehow Max Fountain Sidow is slumming it in this freaking movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. Freaking Three-Eyed Raven. Yeah, Three-Eyed Raven walking yeah. around three-eyed doing, Raven. doing business. Three-Eyed I mean, Raven this... being the merciless first dude you see in Force Awakens. Yeah, uh, he's, the pri- he's, the priest in the, he's the priest in The Exorcist. This guy's a big deal in the right. strange <laughs> brew. Was he wearing teeth prosthetics in this one? Because I don't remember his teeth being that big. <laughs> I, I mean, I knew he had big thing. teeth. Yeah. But I was were... thinking the same thing. It was like, uh, like that Matt Dillon thing in uh, There's yeah. Something About Mary. I've just decided that like people have they say who 
who's your doctor? Like David Tennant's my doctor. I've just right. decided Max von Sydow is my three-eyed raven. Yeah, he Brand is, will never he be he my is three-eyed a great raven. three-eyed raven, no question. <laughs> and he was, you know, and in this movie, every time he, like, when he was looking through the hole of the tank, I, I just wanted to put words in his mouth and say, Brand, yeah. it's up to you now, Brand. I'm leaving now. You have, you have the fate of Westeros is in your hands. Uh, no, he's great. I, I like the fact that his character also, they, they, they use some of these uh, tropes from other movies where you you give your bad guy superhuman strength. He can literally crush somebody's head. Yep. Mm-hmm. But but why? Why can't he? I mean, what does it make sense? Well, I like to what? think it's because the, the dad from Wonder Years' head is a little softer than most. <laughs> <laughs> Who is also, by the way, I should mention, that guy was also, we've seen him on FilmSec. He was wimpy oh, yeah. in the Popeye movie. Uh, right. He'll right. gladly and pay you, you Tuesday. He was the dad in Wonder Years. He wasn't the dad in Wonder yeah, Years. Yeah, he was, was he? wasn't he? I thought he was. Uh-uh. Do I have I the wrong dad? So. No, 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 no. And that's Paul uh-huh. Dooley in one in uh, in uh, this Wonder Years was the guy from 15 Minutes to Midnight or whatever that other right. movie that we watched. Oh, you're right. So wait, yeah. Uh, but they, I could see the similarities. Inbound, inbound. Is there something inbound? Oh no, he's the dad from 16 Candles. That's the movie. 16 yeah. Candles, right? And Breaking Away. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah. All right. I screwed that up. Yeah, I'll get him mixed up. Anyway, I really like that guy, and I really like him later in life. And he's the voice of the Sarge car, the military car in the Cars movies, and he does a really good job in that. Like the guy, he's kept working, does a lot of voice stuff now and movies. Like that dude's that dude's all he right. Also, he also wrote for um, the Electric Company. He was the, one of the head writers, and he created Easy Reader, Morgan Freeman's. Uh, oh, I was about to say good because Morgan role. Freeman is like my favorite out of all of that. Morgan yeah. Freeman. If you haven't. If you have it, YouTube, Morgan Freeman on Electric Company. Electric Company, yeah. Oh, he's so good. Oh, so good. Missing out. By the way, he's uh, he was born in 28, so uh, wow. still kicking it, still rocking it. He just it. looks like the nicest old man right now. Oh, you know, yeah. like, I want to yeah. go hang out with Paul Dooley. Yeah, just sit he, down. He, he's that drunk uncle, man. He just, he just looks like <laughs> half lit right tell now. Us, tell us about the time Max von Sydow slapped you three times. <laughs> and here's the funny thing. His real name is Paul Brown, but he changed his name to Paul oh. Dooley. Paul Dooley. That's great. Really? I like it. That's a great, yeah. yeah. The keen was a keen cartoonist as a youth and drew a strip for a local paper. I didn't know that. Oh, see, look, Brian, you should interview him for Comics mm-hmm. Coast to Coast. Get in there. See what you can get going there. But he is busy, busy boy McGee. I just don't, I don't know what keen means, so keen cartoonist. I'm not that old to understand that. Uh, keen. By the way, I rem- sorry, Ibit, you asked ages ago what, what, uh, um, uh, what's his name? The, the Doug McKenzie was in a sitcom. Uh, some goofy oh, yeah, dad like or whatever. Oh yeah, dad of something. Yes, it, it right. was in that. It was in that Grace Under Fire show. Do you remember That's that? That's what it was. He was the boss, right? He was uh, Brett oh, yeah. Butler's boss in yes. Grace Under Fire. Yes, yeah. that's the one. I knew as Brett soon as you Butler, said that, ladies and gentlemen. Brian pulls Brett Butler. Hey, you know what, Brett Butler's. You know what she's good in. She was. You you've forgotten. She was in uh, the last two seasons of the uh, of the Leftovers there. She, you oh, may not right. even have noticed she was that weird trailer park lady that was at oh, the town waiting totally to get in. Her, yes. She is amazing in that show. I've, I, as far as I'm concerned, she's back, baby. Grace Under Fire Two starts production this fall. Probably not. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Wimpy on Popeye. That was the main thing I wanted to say about him. Wimpy on Popeye. Uh, that doesn't sound like something <laughs> I want to watch. <laughs> uh, another thing. I, wimpy on. Pie pie action, if you know what I mean. Huh? Here are the other things yeah. I didn't like. I didn't li- pay you Tuesday. For- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like the for lawyer. Favors today. The lawyer beating the shit out of everybody was stupid. That's dumb. You'd be arrested for that. Uh, it's just oh, dumb. what you didn't like that? I this is I. The, uh, but the you, couldn't, you couldn't appreciate. You couldn't appreciate that he was changing up. You know, it's like 
you hear people all the time, oh, I can handle the press, and you assume they're going to go out and talk. Yeah, but that's like an airplane Logic. joke. This is an airplane. It's not. I thought it was. I thought it was Doki until he started fighting with the woman lawyer. Like yeah. they had like their little standoff. I just, I just want to agree with Scott. This is definitely not airplane. Yeah, My it's God. like an airplane yeah. joke. Is so much better and funnier than this. If you're gonna go airplane, you have to go full airplane. You can't do one two jokes that are airplane like, or else your your movie is disjointed and broken. Another time they, they, they did they it. Some points. They did it like again that, with the yeah. bullets in there at the stand. He's got bullets up his nose to staunch the bleeding, which is really right. stupid to start with. And then when he sneezes, the bullets have enough power to like fire and ricochet around the room. That's so dumb. Have you you considered that this is exactly like airplane and they just didn't get to it? Like they, they just couldn't, they weren't funny enough to be consistently like airplane. Well, that's my whole point. I don't think they went full airplane. They didn't go full airplane. They should have, here's what they should have done. Either go full Bob and Doug improv conversational or go full airplane. And if you're gonna go right in the middle somewhere, you're gonna be a little. You're gonna hold up a little less well than you thought you were gonna. I well, still, you know, I it's, still it's, love this movie, but it's it's only because it's part of my childhood. If I was Randy, I would probably not like this. If I were you, right? Well, it it definitely. I mean, from the very beginning, from the very beginning of the movie, they say that this is gonna be different. This is gonna be a challenge for them. This is not something they do, and it's not in their wheelhouse because you can't exactly bring a TV skit show to the big screen. You know, as is, you've got to make some changes, and uh, they made some changes, and they made some failures in some places, and they uh, had some successes. Yeah. And so, so the real question is, who has done it right? So I think Key and Peele's uh, recent movie uh, actually was was for sure. Pretty, but they've got thirty good. years. Oh, they've got yeah. thirty years of improvements and everything to work with. Yeah. Right. Plus, they're genuinely brilliant. Those guys. They're so good. I, I didn't see that Keanu cat thing oh no, that was, it was good yeah keanu is really good yeah. i hi, like keanu is probably my favorite comedy of last year seriously oh wow wow i can't think of a comedy i liked last year then that would fit right then, it would be super easy keanu. i know right keanu it would go is, right in there <laughs> keanu is very r-rated like it is not a a family film by any stretch but yeah. it is yeah. so fun from beginning to end. Oh, that's He's fine. Just, I like my rated R's. Yeah. Only only streaming currently on the Cinemax uh, app. Ah, uh, yeah. So when you get through watching some Skinemax, yeah. <laughs> on over to that. Right. Yeah. Simu- maybe you watch Let your it. arm rest up and watch right, Maybe you want to watch it first. Before, you, know, <laughs> uh, you know what? Like Outcast is on there now. Actually, they're starting to make some decent original programming, which is good. They're, they're getting around to it. But uh, yeah, if you haven't seen Robert Kirkman's uh, Outcast, I recommend it. It's good. Good stuff. If you're sick of zombies, you want to watch something about uh, demonic possession instead. Uh, right. There, there you go. Based on his comic book, the same name. Um, all right. Uh, what else did I not like? I don't like painting the dog like a skunk. That's dumb. Why'd yeah. you Why'd you do that? What's that for? What's the point of that? Was it just because well, uh, it, uh, it became a great plot device to clear out the Oktoberfest? Right. I guess I, we were I still. Not... We yeah, I couldn't decide if that. I couldn't decide if this movie just hates animals, you know, or <laughs> if, if it was trying to tell us. That that's a Canadian thing, the no, the mistreatment I, of the animals. I don't think that at all. What I think it is is very is, is very surface level stuff. Uh, during this time, we were all heavily influenced by Warner Brothers and MGM cartoons, and that comedy <laughs> styling of of bringing painting something into a skunk. Like right, right out of Pepe Le Pew, basically, yeah, yeah. where I the mean, white stripe always goes down the back of the uh, the right. black cat. And <laughs> right, I, I'm not the only one who felt sorry for the mouse, right? Uh, no, I did too. I kept thinking, ooh. Oh, I didn't even think about it, but now you bring it up. I mean, Jeez, obviously yeah. they had unscrewed the bottom and put him in that way. There's no way they waited months for a baby mouse to grow and then feed it. Like that's dumb. But 
but but it's I don't still... know. They they threw the dog like there's the scene saying. where the dog lands in the Oktoberfest tent, and he's cl- it's clear that the dog has been tossed from <laughs> right. From he's, the he's clearly he's clearly not comfortable with the situation he is in. Sure, I mean, <laughs> no, all these all these friendly yeah. Canadians with their uh, animal uh, rights. Yeah, there's no PETA in uh, in Canada. <laughs> no, <laughs> they just have jellies. That's it. That's all they have. <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, we're talking about the supernatural uh, parts of this. We haven't talked about the glowing oh, red yeah. orb that bounces oh around God. and becomes the, the yeah, visage of the late father. <laughs> I like that. It, it, no, I was didn't. trying to remember was that was this before or after Tron? It was. And it so, was probably after, but that's still that's stupid. Tron. It's dumb. Yeah. There's no game. First of all, there's no game called whatever Border Patrol. Yeah. Uh, no, so I wanted. I wanted to love like it. into it's that more. Canadian flag and a U.S. flag battling against each other. Yeah. Come on, that, that's it's fun. a funny idea. I, but games don't. I'm sorry. Video games do not work like this. They don't reveal <laughs> hidden footage of the guy getting electrocuted at a fence and then how it actually happened. Like, come on. Like that I stuff. Even it. then, I knew that was not. That was all hokum. Like. It you know, just doesn't work that there was way. a time that people said that if you got a certain score in Tempest, it wouldn't give you 40 free credits, but it proved them wrong. That's they true. Wrong. That's, That's true. right. That's true. Also, uh, wall outlets don't turn bright pink when they're hot. <laughs> that also didn't bother me. I don't, I don't, those, those things don't bother me for some reason. If you'd have seen it fresh today, I think you'd have felt different. I'm, I'm, I, I, I will admit to still, I have a lot of love for this movie, and I would watch it again. But I am this is, totally this positive is I, it's because I was a kid when I saw it the first time. This is what I'm saying about Wayne's World. Like if you if you didn't see if you never saw the sketch, you know, and you never and you have no history with those characters, why would you think Wayne's World is anything? Like yeah, it's a yeah. it's crappy. But if you if you had been watching Saturday Night Live, and especially if you already had like other things, other feelings about Mike Myers and Dana Carvey, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's freaking hysterical, and it totally holds up. Uh, but you have to have that. If you don't have that foundation, it's nothing to you. For me, and so I, the good example I always use is, so Ivet and I do this morning show called The Morning Stream. Now, if you've what? heard that show, and if you hear the words, <laughs> if you hear the words, I can see why you like it, you're going to laugh, because you'll right. know what the reference is. If you've never seen the show or heard the show, and you and one of us looks at you and says, I can see why you like it, you're going to go, what the hell is wrong with you? So <laughs> to me, it's like that. Like, it's it's funny when you're in the you're in you're part of the thing you know like and it's not only inside jokes like with the morning stream uh the the phrase love the show though is funny if you've never seen the show heard the show like it, it's it's funny because it's a s- stupid thing to say after complaining yeah right it, yeah. it, it mm-hmm. would apply to anything it's a little more contextual right? sure right. sure and and so right. like strange brew and wayne's world they have some of that there are some things that are just funny but then them saying swing and moving their right. their loins you no toward idea. you, you're uh, like, what? Yeah. Where did that come from? Thrusting, well, it's... thrusting their crotches skyward. Sure, but it's only funny because the sketch did it in a more in a consistent way that made you go, oh yeah, right. He does that thing. With I swing. think I could. I think I could catch what swing meant without any prior. Well, not what it meant, but, but it information. But it wouldn't make you laugh. You would think it's weird and bad. You don't know me, Randy. I might laugh at anything. Rand, listen, <laughs> what we know about Dunaway is anybody who thrusts their crotch upward is funny to him. He likes that. No, that's absolutely not true. That that that's that meme that memes that goes that meme that goes around with the dude that's that that's banging at the pole on the other pole. Yeah. With his with his hips, I'm not down with that. Yeah, that's, I don't like that one either. Me. Yeah, that one makes Every me feel makes me feel bad when I see that one. I don't like it. Either. Right. Uh, what else? That's it. Hey, would you no, do, that's not all. We should do clips. No clips. Okay, about. what do you got? What do you want? What do you got? <laughs> oh, so yeah. I mean, can can you have 
Uh, can you have an enjoyable comedic moment in movies today where you use music to extenuate the comedy in a true comedy? Can you can you pull that uh, off these days? Because they they did that several times. Like you know they got yeah. the little jaunty music in the in in, in the uh, in the Doug and Bob McKenzie movie here. But can you see where they could pull it off today and be funny? Was Not, it funny then? If it's the funny, if it's just music, that's one thing just to sort of fill the moment or, or maintain whatever the mood of the moment is. But if you're saying, right. will the music be the part of the joke? Probably not. I don't think that flies right. anymore. Mm. Not like it used to. I'm, I'm right. trying to think of a good example. Like, um, I mean, is, <clears throat> is Benny Hill funnier because Yakety Sax is playing mm. or is it funnier because they're sped up or <laughs> yes. is it a combination of yes. those things? <laughs> the yes. answer is yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. So <laughs> in this particular case, is it funnier in the scene where the, the stormtrooper players oh by the way the one the guy with the mustache the porny looking guy that was yeah one of yeah, the patients oh, main, main uh hockey player character guy. yeah he, he's uh rogue. he's he's a rogue leader or red leader or something in star wars that guy's like an actual oh. star wars guy anyway he's part of the final yeah. attack on uh on the deal but anyway so my point is when they played the thing but they did it mm-hmm. in and like with orchestral yeah music. Oh, that, that was so funny then it's me. kind of funny you know like sure mm-hmm. Again, it's referential, so you kind of have to know that that's how they right. do their thing. But I, yeah, I, I, I think you're. I think the answer Dunaway is some. Some of that does work today. Some of yeah. it probably doesn't. Yeah, can, can I just say the movie never gets as funny as its first thirty seconds. Yeah, the first thirty yeah, seconds of the film with oh, the live lion mm. and and so on. I was like, oh wow, this is gonna be <laughs> no. Good. Here's where it got funny. That I'm with you that that's awesome and hilarious and great. All the way up through when people leave the theater is funny. Then when they come back and roll over each other, steamroll, whatever, that's <laughs> right, really that funny. Was that was yeah. really good. Um, yeah. And then the final credits, really good. Them being themselves again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, if you stayed around for the credits, you were wise to do so because that stuff's real good. So, yeah. Yeah, that, and that's, that's, a, that's an entire, like, the entire credit sequence is a stinger. Like, there's no got to wait till all these boring credits go by and then you get a stinger no it's like the whole time it's like oh yeah. remember this guy and they're moving their fingers up and in, in wow. what they think is the speed of the uh yeah right. i was just about to say i didn't watch the credits but i did i didn't remember that i watched all the way through the credits yeah the credits are great because it's, did, it's yeah. entertaining it felt like so much yeah so such a part of the movie yeah, yeah. I, so I want i just wanted more of that and i think i'm gonna make a controversial statement to all of those who who worship at the feet of this movie, and I know there's a lot of you out there because we've been heard heard from you the last few days. Here's the controversial statement. This movie is only good in your memories and mine because of those moments. I think mm-hmm. the rest of it is mm-hmm. pretty stupid, but anytime we get real Bob and Doug, that's what makes it, and it's, stand, and it's so much better than the material around it that it actually elevates the film. So I'm going to, I yeah. think that's where yeah. I'm at with it. That's why I think it's a good movie is because they get to steamroll each other or they get to talk about whatever, or they're arguing at the beer place or, you know, smacking each other head or dumping popcorn on each other or whatever. Like they're that when those guys get to be those characters, that's when the movie shines. When they and get to be, when they get mm-hmm. to be annoying brothers is when this shines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the parts that don't, you, you forgive it a little bit. Because you know that other stuff's there. I think that's what's going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, again, Waterworld. It's just a great concept and a terrible execution. And I give it I, so much leeway because of the guy who wants to see paper and freaking, 
Denver. I can go down right. to see Denver with a little <laughs> thing over my head. Like, there's so much to love and hate about that movie that, to me, the concept makes the movie better than the execution, and that's kind of what this is, in you my know, opinion. The, this movie shines the best in their character uh, voices. I, I I'm ready for some clips. I don't know about. I just want to. I just want to quickly have a general trope alert. You know, uh, sure. There, there's so many tropes in this film. I don't want to call them all out. General trope but, alert in charge of the fifth division of the army. Wait, where is it? There it is. Uh, the chick in the bucket in this film, I think, is the receptionist. There's a yes. lot of options. You have a lot of options. I actually think chick in the bucket is. No, she, mm, yeah, maybe. Seriously, she's. you're thinking she's a part of this movie, and then about halfway through the movie, you just never see her again. Yeah, yeah. There was one that was mm-hmm. while I was watching last night that hit me, and then I forgot to write it down, and now I don't remember what it was, but right. there was something where they just left it and forgot it. I just never Personally, did it again. Right. Personally, I think she's under her desk eating donuts. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what she is. That's what I think. Yeah. yeah. There was something else, though. What the chicken in the bucket is the mouse in the bottle. What happens to that thing after uh, when they start getting their jobs and their job is to go look for mice in the bottle? Yeah, is right, he just yeah. left there? Does somebody break him out? Yeah. <laughs> really good point. Maybe the chicken in the bucket is Colonel Sanders because, uh, you know, he's the colonel is dead, but here we are enjoying his chicken. So. <laughs> A bucket of chicken. Yeah, bucket of chicken. I'm still not sure. There's something else that went missing that it, that made no sense that it went missing, and I can't think of it. Or I watched mm. something else, and I'm conflating the two, which is entirely possible. I've done that before. Lots of other tropes, though. This film is absolutely chock full of them. It's almost a study of of comedy tropes at the time. Yeah, you just play <laughs> play this over and over. Uh, here's uh, let's do some. I got some clips, man. Listen to these clips. Oh boy, oh boy, Wait, are oh boy. they a beaut? Are they a beaut? They're a beauty. Beauty is what they beauty. are. Uh, beauty. Here's uh, let's see. This is oh, this made me laugh. So here you go. Stick a pin in his bum, eh? I like that they want to put a pin in the in the lion's bum to make him roar. Oh. More. <laughs> How dangerous was that? Stick a pin in your body. That was that looked like they were really behind the the line, and they were swinging his tail around. They brought in they brought in a friendly lion. Yeah, he was just some trained lion. They ain't no such thing as no friendly lion. There is there there is a. There's only tolerant lions. That's yes. Right. You pass exactly. that we've line. Seen it on, yeah, we've seen it on the news. We know what happens right. like with those so-called friendly lions once right. they decide, you know what, I've had enough of this whole taming BS. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. I never feel that bad for people when that happens. I know that sounds cruel, but you've got this mm-hmm. wild animal whose instincts are to tackle and destroy and eat anything it sees. And sure, you've done a pretty good job of keeping it in, at bay, but the minute it turns on you, none of y'all should be that surprised. Like mm-hmm. bears, the tigers it, for like, the freaking like Siegfried and Roy, like all that stuff. Yeah, it'd be like suddenly if a cat had super intelligence and was able to control us with a whip and a chair. Yeah. You know, we, we, would, we would let him do it for a little while, eventually. <laughs> oh, it's on. It's the story of Heston's Planet yeah. of the Apes. Same deal, yeah. right? We're going to rise up and take you down. Here is a Omega Man reference, speaking of Charlton Heston. Oh, yeah. Nice timing. I was kind of like a one-man force, eh? Like Charlton Heston in Omega Man. Did you see it? It's beauty. <laughs> All right. Uh, so after the seventh or eighth time they said beauty, I thought, I'm going to make this a drinking game. Mm. Don't do that. No. <laughs> it's the most common Don't. thing they say. Yeah, it is not. Like, I actually... I there are a few Canadians still left who have who speak in this weird Canadian pigeon and say beauty at the end of every compliment. Yeah. But don't do that with this movie. Yeah. Because you'll be will kill you. Alcohol yeah. poisoning. Yeah, you don't want it. Here's radi uh, the radiation line I like so much. Radiation has made me an enemy of civilization. I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love it. See, I want that whole movie. Whatever that was, yeah, I want that. Yeah. Uh, burp whiplash. I'm getting whiplash for my burps, eh? All right. That was one thing. <laughs> uh, here's Looney Tunes dad, which, by the way, this bears mentioning. Mel Blank did the voice of the dad. Uh, in the original Flintstones cartoon, Mel Blank was the voice of Barney. And in the live action Flintstones a, movie, he... uh, Rick Moranis played the voice uh, or played Barney. So there's your little crossover hmm. there. Uh, no, no, you're thinking it was not Fred. He definitely did Barney. No, no, it wasn't Fred. I, I was thinking he was uh, 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 the the Rock Quarry manager. Yeah. No, oh, he may have been that too. They all there's right. double duty on a lot of that stuff. Just like you know, Slate, Mr. Slate. There's like five yeah. people on Futurama, and they do everybody. Uh, here's the Looney Tunes dad in the couch. Save one of those beers for me, eh? You can tell this is also when Mel Blank is getting old and his voice was really hammered. <laughs> yeah, love Do you know that, the ones right? I'm talking about? Yeah. Like some of those late Bugs Bunny 70s cartoons. And yep. you'd hear him yep. and you go, oh, something, something wrong with Bugs. Doesn't right. sound right. Uh, and also he reminded, that voice reminded me uh, both of, of him and all those cartoons. And the guy who manages Punxsutawney Phil in Groundhog Day. Oh, yeah, Brian Doyle Murray. Oh, yeah, yeah, Brian Doyle Murray. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I heard that voice, and I was like, which is it? Very it took me a similar. moment. To- yeah, very similar. that's very interesting. He does the, he's great in so many things, but he's the voice of uh, Captain Kernuckles in uh, this great cartoon called... Nick Carter, what's the name of that cartoon with Captain Kernuckles? Wow, they're Nick right Carter? there. Nick Carter's in there? We're- we're, right. we're, oh, the we're mis- podcasting for like an hour, the, and they're right there. The she's whole over there. Time. She's over there drawing. But it's the misadventures of Flapjack. Oh, the, the marvelous misadventures of Flapjack. Whoa. Amazing cartoon right, that's right, no right. longer in production, but it was on Cartoon Network. It's really, really good. Anyway, this is so cool that you have living reference materials. Oh yeah, there's us all right there. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me check the millennials. <laughs> yeah, let me let me check in on this new generation of uh, slackers. Here's uh, here's Dad voice again. Dad. Broke your beer. No, I didn't. Doug broke it. It was you. Clean up the mess, boys. I want two hosters to get me a fresh case of beer first thing in the morning. All right. There's that. I've <laughs> never been to a beer shop like that. Maybe you guys have, but that's not how our beer shops look. It's like, uh, did you guys remember a store called LaBelle's? No. I think for no, a while it was yeah. service merchandise. Mm. But you'd, oh, go, yes. you'd walk through the whole store and you'd yes. write down, almost like Ikea, you'd write down the thing you want on a piece of paper and then... You'd go to the end of the store, you'd pay, you'd give them your list of things you're buying, and then they'd come out on those little metal rollers like, like, uh, really? <laughs> I, was like that. Merchandise. I love that. I, I used to, I used to sit up, I used to be at the top sometimes and, and sliding stuff down, merchandise down the thing. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I love place. that idea. Those places. That's super so, cool. But, but you never, like, you didn't know that Canada had liquor stores like this? No. No. Uh, uh, no, uh, I have no idea. So yeah. you just go and you tell them what you want. You don't you you can't browse the aisles and say, <laughs> right. "Oh, that whiskey looks you can't really see good." See or touch the booze. That's what, right. What I, I love about this, what I love about this is Randy had never heard of Strange Brew, Great White Album, or Bob and Doug McKenzie, <laughs> but you knew all about these weird beer dispensaries. I think that's no, awesome. No, I grew up. I grew up again. It's all about where you grow up. Yeah. I grew up in a place where every county was, you know, had their blue laws, and some were dry, and so on. Yeah. And some and some of them, and and a lot of Canada was this way. We're still holding on to this puritanical concept of you know like that you sell you sell liquor but you have to make sure people can't see it that mm-hmm. might make them buy more than they need damn yeah. you kellogg is this is this what that was <laughs> was it is these kinds of places an attempt to say well here's what i want and then you only show it to me once i bought it that's the idea yeah. well that's interesting yeah. 
And I didn't I was know just, that was mostly it's just like a warehouse though, right? Because they got so much they're selling so much beer. It's just like we ain't got time. Where it's like the beer Nazis. It's like, come on, no but beer costs, for you. It costs more. Mm. Uh, you know, a liquor store like you're used to nowadays, you only have to have one employee at the front door ringing people up. Right, right. This, this place costs more because you have people in the back grabbing things and throwing them through a door. I can see that. Uh, something about don't get electrocuted. Your tires are insulators. Don't get out of the car. Or you'll ground and get electrocuted. He hooked up our stereo, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I like that qualifier. I like that. She's a lot. driving. She's driving a convertible. Why doesn't she just go out through the? Oh, I don't. I, I, I shouldn't ask questions. I like don't that. know. Logic. Yeah. Put your yeah, logic sorry. back in your. Pants. Also, there's sorry, sorry. also there's nothing about a gate that closed too early and smushed your car that would make it electrified. That was just the right. dumbest so idea. Right. So was that? But wasn't that the implication? I was trying to figure that out because. Was it still wired from when they killed the father? Is that yeah. even how they killed him? They choked him in one oh, place. They said, maybe. Killed him the second time. There's all kinds of stuff going around. With yeah, that. you might be right. I had not thought of that. It's probably part of the dad there, thing. There were two things in apparently when this movie was made. There were two things that were still very mysterious, especially to young Canadians. One was electricity. And the other was the idea of suing people for damages. Very new, very weird thing. Very mm. funny because no one had ever done it before. Yeah. It was a, uh, yeah, and that stuff really was burgeoning here, not there so much. Uh, here's not, what? I don't know what this is. Nobody's buying anybody out, Henry. Oh, I just like the way he said that. That's <laughs> oh, no, nobody. Uh, here's him getting woken up on a couch. Guys. Shut up, Ma. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, freaking love it. All right. Take it out. What? I'll take it out of my pay. Sorry about your sweater. You can take it out of my pay if you want. Oh. <laughs> That's because he ate the bad tuna salad, right? Wasn't that the thing? That is, or the egg salad? Yeah, he puked on her. And he, he, Mel- he, yeah, I loved, I Mel- loved him. Melancholy Mick, Rick Moranis is my favorite Rick Moranis. It's the oh, best yeah. Rick Moranis. Yeah, he's like so. Gozer, yeah, beekeeper. Just, right. Yep, he's really good. Uh, here's another thing. I can't go through with that again. There'll be police. There'll be questions. I'll crack. I know I will. Shut up, shut up, shut up. If I slap a guy, I want to say <laughs> shut up between slaps. <laughs> no, during the slap. Yeah, during the, yeah, during, not not between, during. Uh, Doug doing Vader. I'm your father, Luke. Give in to the dark side of the force, you knob. <laughs> you knob. <laughs> we don't call people knobs enough. We should. Uh, we it's more of a British thing, but uh, it's nice to hear uh, it in Canada, I guess. Uh, on the other hand, I don't think we should ever call someone a hoser. I, I'm not sure what it means, but... The Irish oh. singer Hosier uh, should should right. not uh, be a bad word. There's yeah. an Hoser Irish singer Hosier. Hosier. Uh, Hosier. Ho- oh, Hosier. Yeah, right. That's a little bit different, but yeah, Hoser uh, by definition is just what like a a, a, a ne'er do well, a, a uncultivated person, kind of like a redneck, but in Canada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Uh, not the idea. That sounds right. I don't know, but it, I I remember but, as a kid thinking it was great, and I called on my friend Hosers as a result. <laughs> you know, because you're kids, that's what you do. Yeah. Here's uh, the worst tech moment in the film. So here you go. Now, I think he just pressed one of these buttons here. Now, when you fire up an arcade machine, you wait for the ROM to do its stupid little pre-test, and then it just loads. There's no button. You don't push the fire button to do anything. Right. This will show the uh, top ten screen. Ugh. <laughs> I think you just oh, just hate it. Even hearing it again. Yeah. Just hate yeah. it. Uh, I was okay with it. 
I say this word all the time, but not in this context. Somebody horked our clothes. I say horked like horked. Uh, somebody horked, horked up a horked up a bean or horked up a right. their lunch or whatever is what they, I say. For them, it's stolen. Like yeah. uh, hork. Oh, go right. hork that uh, last piece of pizza from that guy over there. Yeah, a. Which I guess comes from hook, right? Like you would you would like hook someone off the ice. I think if, if you read more into it, it just sounds funny. You know what I have right. to do? I have to. <laughs> somebody is pounding. Now someone's pounding on the door. I'm upstairs. Let me go see who this go is. See, I'm go see if it's Bob and Doug. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back. Sorry, everybody. Uh, here's the uh, uh, sleeping computer guy. He's not dead. Look, his stomach's moving. Maybe he's just sleeping, eh? Maybe he's gonna puke. He had too many beers. I just, I, I wanted more of that. Just more, just talking. <laughs> yeah, and you know so much of it because it's not like they're gonna write every a and, and get out and hoser and everything into the script. It's gonna mm-hmm. be like. Uh, roughly, all right, you guys need to discover, you know, the body right here and you guys need to knock the woman out of the electrified fence. Say whatever you need to say. Yeah. But plus it's just this like kid thing to say his stomach's moving. Like I like it. That's when the movies at its best is when something sort of serious is happening, even if it's a little convoluted, those guys are just, Oh man, look at that. I think he's dead. eh? He's not dead. Look, his stomach's moving. Like that's funny. You know, because mm-hmm. you're, and I would say that when I was 14. Ooh, you can see his stomach moving. That means they're alive. Like, like life is a much more base, basic. That, that thing, guy right? he's referring to, Ted, is another chick in the bucket. That's oh, the, that's the chick in the bucket. That's mm-hmm. the guy. Mm-hmm. You never find out what happens from that moment right. onward for Ted. That's what Ted I was is dead. Of. That's all they said. No, Ted Ted's dead, baby. He Ted just did. His stomach was moving. What, what, <laughs> what happened to the, uh, yeah, and he came back later, don't forget, at the, um, this the place, really? yeah. When they were, because they weren't in. Remember, they were still in their Darth Vader outfits when they went down there, and they were back in the. Uh, they get put in the rubber room, and he showed up at the door. I have a clip of him later. I'll I'll play it. Right, right. And they were like, "Whoa, it's that guy again!" And then you never see him again. So he still is sort of a chick in the bucket, but he makes he makes a final appearance. Uh, what? This is a weird thing to say. What the stink are they doing in there? What the stink uh, are they doing in I, there? I love that. <laughs> I, I was like, I've never heard that term, but now it's mine. Yeah. You sound like Tom Hardy is banging right there. Oh, what the stink that. are they doing in there? Ah, your punishment will be more severe. <laughs> Here's a good line in the same car. Would you like me to tilt your chair back? Shut up. That's <laughs> 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 uh, good stuff. All right, here's what happens to you in prison. Those big cons are going to love you, eh? What do you mean? You're a cute little guy. They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. Turn! Where are you going to be? I'll be in the cafeteria selling smokes. (laughs) (laughs) See, again, high point for me was Mm -hmm. that conversation. Right, because it's it's really not got anything to do with the so-called plot, and they're getting to just ad-lib all they want. Right, right. And then just there's that Moranis again. Where are you going to be? Where are you going to be? (laughs) <laughs> where are you gonna be so so i don't know what the uh, word is it's perfect though yeah uh selling what i'll be in the cafeteria selling smokes oh i guess i cut that out too all right here uh you guys oh here these guys like a smoke that was my favorite uh bat uh criminal that was in that room with them you guys what do you say these guys like a smoke you got use guys would you guys like a smoke use guys like a smoke the big kingpin looking dude yeah, very kingpin. And then they replied, "We want our lungs to be pink when they fry us." Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, okay. Here, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, does it? We want our lungs to be pink when they fry us. Why would that even be a thing to say? Let me think about it for know. a second. 
What does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. No. There's no, no. advantage. If you're being electrocuted, who cares what your lungs look like? Just, you know, just a way of turning down a smoke, but still sound, sounding tough. There you go. Nailed it. Uh, oh, that scene ends with a bunch of people suddenly realizing that they've been verbally had and one guy going, get him, and a, a crowd rushing. Mm -hmm. They must have thought that was a really funny little motif. Oh, yeah. Because they... Like yeah. they, they 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 start with they start at the beginning of the movie with it with the crowd outside going get him and they all rush mm -hmm. at him. It's not funny and it's not Canadian at all. Yeah. Can Can Canada would never do that. They would never do that. I agree. <laughs> the yeah, they go. Yeah, that whole part at the beginning that didn't feel very Canadian to me. It didn't feel real at all. Actually, all those people are terrible. Uh, split pea soup joke. Two bowls of split pea soup to go. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's the kind of crap that makes me laugh for no reason. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Ted, what's this? Hi, fellas. My name's Ted, and I'm happy to be working with you. That's him at the door again. That's oh, the guy. Oh, yeah, that was good. <clears throat> yeah. So that's him. That's your guy who's your chick in the bucket, but he never shows up mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Here's some bad ADR. All I've got is two fives. All I've got is two fives. Wasn't even the actor. Oh. Don't know who that was. Uh, and then the fart scene. Maybe uh, it's out of gas, eh? <laughs> Oh, you farted. No, it wasn't me. It was the chair, eh? He's lying. Check no. the machine, eh? <laughs> <laughs> they turn on each other so fast. Yeah, yeah it's great. Like, brothers. I can never decide if these guys are in league or they just hate each other. They're brothers. They're brothers, brothers who bicker. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you do. You you agree to do something, but if it gets hard, you absolutely you turn on them. Yeah. Throw them under the bus. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Here's the worst line in the film. Pissed blood. Oh, that's not. <laughs> that's not what I thought it was at all. Weird. Okay. Well, in that in that uh, case. It's the film sack checklist. Flying dog. Check. Cartoon dad and mom doing it. Check. And finally, world's largest fat suit. Check. Although I'm sure it was just an apparatus, right? Like some kind of... It was just a balloon. Yeah. An, an apparatus. <laughs> uh, I'm going to need an apparatus over here. <laughs> Can someone get that going? Uh, Trek stuff. Our buddy we've been talking about, Paul Dooley, is the only connection we have. He played Clyde Els Elsinore in this thing. Or Claude, rather. In uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, he played a Kardashian named Nebrin Tain... In four episodes of DS9, Paul Dooley, which Paul might, Dooley. might be where I'm thinking of seeing him a lot, is that. Mm -hmm. uh, was soundtrack great? I give it a W for weird. I don't think it was pretty disjointed. <laughs> I'm not really sure I heard one much. Uh, there was a few moments. No, but, but works in parts. Yeah. But the uh, but I'd completely forgotten there was actually a song at the beginning called Strange Brew that, oh, and I think you've already another blocked trope it alert. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I wish Ooh. we ought to have our own. Yeah. There ought to be its own category for that. When there's a, and that happened right. last week, didn't it? Last week? No. Yeah, it did. Pumping yeah. iron. Yes, it totally oh, yeah. did. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. We're, We're pumping iron. <laughs> Look you gotta, it. you gotta love this. I can't imagine not loving the title of the movie song. Yeah. Right. No, you have to. Yeah. yeah. Why can you not? Like it's not, Star Wars: The Last Jedi. He's the last <laughs> Jedi, and he's coming for you. <laughs> wow. I love it. I want that to happen in real life. Here's a Twitter post. <laughs> uh, this is where, in 140 characters or less, you guys sum this film up. Let's start with Randy. Strange Brew, the movie equivalent of a last-minute essay written right outside the classroom at 7.59 a.m. by some hoser. A. You have to end it with A. <laughs> uh, Brian Dunaway. Strange Brew, this movie is a genius. It knows the Atlas. 
Oh, geez, my left nut. <laughs> oh, he knows the atlas, eh? He knows the atlas, eh? I love that. Instead of the map or the globe. He knows the atlas. He knows the atlas. This, that sounds very Canadian somehow. Uh, and finally, Brian Ibbett. Strange Brew. It's better than Trailer Park Boys. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I read that wrong. It's the beta of Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> yeah. The beta of, thank you. It kind yeah. of is. I love Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. Uh, the alternate titles have just been handed to me. Oh my goodness! There's even a theme song to go with that. Hold on. Here we go. Uh, it was almost a lucky. Uh, strangely enough, it was almost called Dog Water or Mange Brew. See, I went with a dog here. Just a dog theme is what I did. I like that one. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, we got an email here from Daniel. Daniel wrote into the show at filmsackagmail.com and said the following: The steroids, Doc that we were talking about uh, in follow-up to last week's oh, yeah. uh, Pump and Iron okay. is called Bigger, Stronger, Faster. So it even goes into how uh, we use them with animals, mainly farm animals. There is also one called The Man Whose Arms Exploded. Oh, that was so gross. It's about a guy who mainly builds his arms, going for biggest ever, big steroid user to the point that one of his biceps does burst and it's caught on camera. Uh, you can see it on YouTube. Okay. No Never thanks. ever want to I've, see that ever yep. in my life. No, yeah, never. I've, I've, actually see, I've actually seen this documentary, and it is just as disgusting as you can imagine. I imagine it is. Uh, he gets busted for roids, and his arms are so big when cops go to put the cuffs on him, it took two pairs because he couldn't get his arms together because they're so big. Love the podcast, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Eddie. Love the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I, I just want to say I'm proud of you for not for not going with the alternate title, the A team. Oh, I'm, I'm really hey, that's not bad though. I should have thought oh, of that. The A team, yeah, nice. Yeah, the the wow. A team. Oh, why didn't I do that? That's a good one, Randy. <laughs> that's a good that's one. So much for your pride. I Randy. need to. I need All to. Right. I need to consult with Randy before I name these dumb secondary titles. I, that was a really Take good one. Your pride and shove it up your hoser. There you go, right up oh. your hoser. Oh, I could have done a hoser one like. Uh, uh, ho, uh, ho, uh, ho, uh, ho, ho, ho. I, I can't think of anything. There's nothing. Yeah. I can't think of anything with those. Uh, anyway, uh, that's it for your emails. And by the way, Daniel, that's an awesome thing to write in about. If you have similar things to say, people at home, filmsack at gmail.com is the email address to use. So please do. Next week, we are doing an episode of the original series of Star Trek. Uh, we I think it's the con one. Space Seed? It is the con one, Space yes. Space Seed. We, we, uh, it was weird I, when I went looking it up that we've only ever done two episodes of the original series. It feels like we've done a thousand. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. we need to do it. We definitely need to get one in. The reason we're doing this, a couple of us can be out of town traveling, and uh, often when that happens, we'll we'll throw one of these bonus sort of watch along episodes, uh, so you can watch it along with us, have a little commentary, have a little fun. That's next week right here on Film Sack Space Seed from Star Trek: The Original Series, streaming currently on Netflix. Uh, it's gonna do it for us. Filmsack.com is our website. You can go there and find all the details you might need to know about us and contact us. You can also follow us on. Twitter at FilmSack and leave us reviews wherever you find your podcast. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. We'll see you next time. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.